Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. A lot of people don't ask questions. They don't even think about it. It's like the curiosity of it. Like, you know, it's like you, we used to have this thing in, in sports, like, let's be great today. And what you'll find is so many people are afraid of being great. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. My next guest on this week of The Shark Effect is a former teammate of mine. His name is Keith Mitchell. Now, Keith was an all-pro. He didn't start off like that. He started off as an undrafted free agent, like a bubble player. And we knew that this dude, I don't, I don't understand why we didn't draft him, how he didn't get drafted. He has the, the physique, he has the size, he has the attitude. But for some reason, he was, we, we were lucky enough to, to grab him. But to, to see him grow and develop and become a person who knows exactly what his mission is in life, it's, um, it's very inspiring. Now, Keith has been, he's been featured in NFL Films, People Magazine, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, USA Today, Sports Illustrated, Essence, Origin, Yoga Journal. The list goes on and on. Now, he's a celebrity yogi, uh, a mindfulness, uh, motivational mindfulness coach, holistic health and fitness advocate, just an all around good dude. And he has a platform and he uses it to help others. And I'm, I'm extremely proud. I'm happy 
that, you know, he has a busy schedule, but he's taking time out to speak with us here at the Shark Effect. Keith, my man, welcome to the Shark Effect, man. <laughs> What's good, man? It's good to be here. It's good to be with you to have, sit down and have this type of dialogue. Uh, so many memories of, of just coming in, and like you mentioned, as a rookie and seeing you, the, the vet, and just kind of taking in the vibe. You know, I, I, memories come back like yesterday when I, when I think about you. <laughs> Be the yeah, hammer, not the, the nail, right? That's, 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 <laughs> that's right. Be the hammer, not the nail, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Man, tell my listeners a little bit about your, um, you know, kind of growing up. I know you're from Texas. You played, you know, at a high level at Texas A&M. Um, but can you tell our listeners, man, how'd you, how'd you kind of get started with, with football? Was that something that you was passionate about or did you just fall into it because you was a gifted athlete? Well, you know, as a youth, man, I was just trying to find where I could fit in. You know, um, you know, I was I'm a son of a preacher. Uh, church is all I kind of knew. And I think football was like a pastime to get me out of church, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't have to go so much. Uh, so I started late. You know, Texas, you know, we have Friday Night Lights. So Texas is very, uh, you know, intense uh, competitive uh, nature of Friday night lights and so forth. So I got, I actually started late, like as a freshman and uh, oh, high wow. school. So I had to beg my parents to let me play the game. And then once I put um, my idea into developing myself as a player, find my niche in it, um, I began to apply it as such. And then I, then a coach uh, came to me um, and, and asked me this question. And uh, do, where do you see yourself in five years? And, um, never dawned on me and this is why i even teach today contemplation is that all problems are solved by questioning and answering so i i, I proposed that question in my mind and, and i answered it truthfully because i'm like does my parents have money to pay for my college or you know i begin to put that on the table and just be honest and and i realized well maybe they do but however how can i take it up on my own and so i, I made my journey i I, I set a goal to have every college in the country to recruit me to play for them. And um, I had narrowed it down to USC and Texas A&M. And I started Texas A&M and uh, began my journey, which led me to the Saints, to the Texans, and then Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm, that's so cool, man. It's, it's interesting, you know, you, you talk about that coach that had you ask that question. And it's like, when I'm coaching my clients, is, and I've learned this, is when you can ask better questions, you can get them to have better answers. But it's about asking those questions. What do you really want? What do, how do you see yourself? Yes, yeah. yeah. That, that's, a, that's a huge staple because what you'll find as you're coaching, a lot of people don't ask questions. They don't even think about it. It's like the curiosity of it. Like, you know, it's like you, we used to have this thing in, in sports, like, let's be great today. And what you'll find is so many people are afraid of being great. Uh, and it's really thoughts about themselves, you know, the judgmental aspect of themselves. And so the reality is to how can I train myself to be free when I've condensed and confined myself into, into certain states of paralysis, in my opinion, uh, of, of in this way that, you know, doesn't uh, rattle people or a conditioned way. It's like we're living for so many things outside of ourselves to, to uh, appease others. So when you're talking about being free, it's, it's relinquishing all of that and allowing yourself to step into a whole new power. And that's frightening for people. Mm. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it is. It is when you can, to becoming free and not worrying about what others, how they view you, how they, how they see you, that can, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually even facing the, 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 the mirror and, and to realize the reflection, you know, the criticism that we took through sports, like to really sit there and be, you know, scrutinized day in, day out. I mean, that's, you know, and to be open to that, realizing that you're on the, you're at the top of the top and you're still in a place where you can be scrutinized and by someone who maybe not even played the game. You know, this is our mentality, right? So we're open yeah. to that. So now imagine since the, the, the human who's functioning in society doesn't play a game like that, but they're living in life. Now, when they put themselves against a reflection to see themselves, well, their game is your relationship. How are you showing up in relationships? How is love working for you in your life? What are you creating in your life that's going to empower you? Do you even think about empowerment or greatness potential when it comes to you? See, a lot of these these ideas never even crossed the minds of most people on this planet. Wow. Is that something? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. just, you know, just in our short conversation, I know that you've done a lot of self-work, that you've, like, you've asked yourself some serious questions over the years. Yeah. And, you know, like, like myself, and I didn't do that until I didn't start asking myself these deep, these deep questions until when I retired. You know, I thought that life was going to be perfect. Got money in the bank. I lived a dream, you know, mm -hmm. playing in the NFL. And when it came down to it, I was like, man, I didn't, I don't know who I am. Exactly. I was, exactly. Just, I'm, a, I'm a football player who stopped playing football. And now I'm like a, a, a Ronin, right? A samurai with no, with no master. Yeah. And I had to, I had to do some, some, I do some deep down searching. Yeah. And so I tell people like, uh, realize the first relationship that exists with you and have you ever realized that you had a relationship going on with you and so what you'll find is for me at 32 31 when I you know my injury happened and then looking at the healing process well I never knew I had a relationship going on with myself so whether you know or you don't know well you've created habits you've created patterns around relationships and those those patterns are going to naturally roll out to how you relate to the world other people, ideas, things like that. And so what you'll find is there's a disconnect there. So just like any other relationship, when you want to say, well, let's be peaceful, let's be Zen, let's love. When then your body's looking at you like, who are you? I don't trust you. You put me in harm's way your whole life. I don't, I don't, how am I gonna know that you're gonna, you know, have my best interests? You've allowed me to be in the arms of people that don't have the capacity to, to nurture, to take care of you. So that's the relationship that we've had with ourselves. And then we want to take that chaos to someone else who's living mm. under that same understanding. Wow. <laughs> you know, because a lot of us think relationships only start when we're relating to other people. And that's a, that's a misconception. It starts with the relationship that you have with yourself. Yes. Absolutely. So talk a little bit, you know, I want to talk about your injury and I know you was with the Jacksonville Jaguars and you had like a, an, a serious injury. And I know from that injury, like there was definitely changes that happened within you, both uh, physically and, and mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So man, making a tackle, like, I, I, I don't know. I think he was still with us. Um, 
I was baiting Drew Bledsoe uh, in New Orleans. Uh, we had played the the Patriots, and he was there. And I, I baited beat. him too. Yeah. <laughs> I baited him too. <laughs> yes, and uh, and I scored when I was with the Saints. I believe that was my second. I remember year. that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and uh, so I, I thought I had him again, and I know I had him again. But on this particular play, I ended up a little short. And all I could do is really make the tackle. And it was on Travis Henry. And on this particular tackle, you know, I ended up on my back. You know, you typically make a big collision. You get up, celebrate. On this particular play, I'm on my back. And and um, my body's like, I'm like, Keith, get up, move. You know, and my body's like, I'm, I'm not feeling a thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like my body's not responding. I'm talking to myself. And I'm like, and I'm like, why am I not getting up? It's like, it's like, the, it's, it's like a out of body experience when you, you know you're in trouble, but you can't feel a thing. You know, yeah. like I know I'm in bad shape, but I can't feel anything to let me know how bad I am. <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, no, no, hold on, man, because this, yeah. this is this is one of those injuries. It's not like a knee, right? Ace, you know, knee injuries or a shoulder or something like that. But this is something that's really like scary, mm. like really scary like life altering. And it's, it's one of the deals with me being a dad of football players and one who's, you know, who's, at, who's playing football in college. As a dad, as a parent, that's like, that's the worst. Mm -hmm. And I know like with this, this kid who, who just got airlifted from Ole Miss mm. just earlier this week wow. from a spinal, a spinal injury I, I don't know where he's at right now, but those are, that's scary yeah. to have that. And you, you're having that. Yeah. But the interesting oh. thing is when you have that gladiator mindset, because this is years in the development of this mindset, like where, you know, if you've seen a lot of players, they literally will give their lives for this game. Their, their bodies are not, are, are secondary. It's like giving yourself up for the game. And that's where my mind was. So my first thought was, this is embarrassing. Get me out of here. Cause you know, like we've been accustomed. Remember in practice, we would have somebody get injured, move it up 10. Move it up <laughs> 10, know? that's right. You know, so it was kind of looked at like, okay, he's fallen soldier, but like, you know, we gonna keep it moving. Like, yeah, so, yeah. So, you, so you disregard it or you think it's like, that's a weak thing. In my mind, I thought that was a weak thing. And, uh, and so I was later on diagnosed with a spinal contusion and I suffered paralysis. Right side of my body was just numb, froze uh, for about, about a month. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So everything you're talking about questioning, like in these houses, these homes and like checking in and say, okay, where's my happiness? Where's my peace? I had none. I had none. I was, I was lonely. I couldn't, I didn't have, I had a lot of superficial relationships around me. I had even the people, my parents that I said I love, well, they didn't know me. I didn't know them. You know what I'm saying? It's like we had known each other on a superficial level, like from the standpoint, love my parents. Why? Because they provide for you. Love my sister. Why? Because that's your sister. We've never really realized how to develop relationships, how to develop and cultivate love. We start to look, man, at you know, I talk about this like positional, right? So positional leadership, right? Your dad, your mom in a position of, of, of influence, but there's no relational. So that positional and that relational influence, there was, there was no like a deeper relationship, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so we grow up with things like authoritative issues because the person is coaching you, telling you what to do, right? Even as their lives are all over the place, uh, but they're never coming back to tell you why. They're never coming back to say, well, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, I believe in you. I, I want you to succeed. We get that tough love. So that tough love carries over. And so when I go up, you, you ask the question, maybe reason why I didn't get drafted, because I'm going into these places with authoritative issues. And so my thing is I have to create the chaos to excel. So the more chaos I have around me, the more I can thrive because I've been doing it my whole That's life. That's what you're comfortable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. 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 So wow. a lot of kids are dealing with this psychological, I begin to look at everything psychologically because it's all mental. Like I said in the beginning, you exist as an idea in your mind. So the idea of transformation is expanding your perception of yourself. And that, and, and, and in creating that space around the tight grip that we feel, I have to be this way, I have to be like that, it allows opportunities to have new experiences. New experiences allows us to be lovable. Therefore, we can heal. Because the, the, the real reaction or the real reciprocation of what we truly desire is connectivity. It's love. Mm. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so when you're laid up in that hospital mm -hmm. for, for a month, mm -hmm. you start to ask yourself deeper questions. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. A nurse, a nurse came to me uh, because after two weeks, they let me go home. And, and I still couldn't move at that time. And I was, and that's a whole nother story we can get into. But she, but this nurse asked me a very interesting question. And I propose this question when we go around and talk about meditation all the time. Do you know what happens when you breathe? You know, do you know what happens when you breathe? So those who are listening, do you know what happens when you breathe? And when you ask yourself this simple question, right? It, it, it's so simple that it's like, wow, why have I never thought of myself enough to ask myself the mechanics of around how I breathe and how it affects me. And as being a physical act, athlete my whole life, thinking I had conquered everything from a physical aspect to, to know about, right? Because we do this every day. I had never ever considered the idea about me and the basic fundamental about me. So here's the thing, I'll tell you. So we take about 10,000 breaths a day. So on the inhale, the diaphragm pushes down. On the exhale, it pushes up. So the nature of that is similar to a massage. And, and think of the nature as you come out of a massage, you're relaxed. You're, you're just, you're relaxed, you're sedated in a sense. So when you think of the liver, right? So you think of the heart, the lungs, they don't need your help. They don't need your participation to move. They move naturally. But what mm -hmm. begins to be stagnant is the liver, the kidney and the intestines. And so what's interesting about that is the liver is where anger resides. The kidneys are where fear and the gut is where worry. So now we're beginning to nurturing the emotional body. We begin to uh, take us out of that fight or flight syndrome. And it puts us in a more uh, contemplative syndrome, more patient. So over time, it begins to help us with a processing mechanism. So through this process mechanism, it begins to build an, an emotional maturity in my response. So through this emotional maturity, creates more space to learn to articulate my feelings, articulate my, my expressions of how I'm feeling, right? Because anger and all these types of things, when we don't know what else to do, so we go through a temper tantrum. And it's so interesting about the temper tantrums, we've learned that too. <laughs> we learned that too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's That's an interesting a... uh, thought though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, so let's say 
somebody, you know, comes at you and there's this conflict, how do you use like what you just said, like with breathing, like before you just emotionally react? How does that, how does that look? That's a great question. In my book, I have, uh, I have a chapter, Embrace the Conflict. And so first I begin to define what conflict is. It's like playing football and, and saying, well, I'm afraid to tackle. Well, tackling is a part of the deal. Part of the game. You know, and so, since most people here are not playing football, well, you won't be tackling anybody, hopefully, but you will be engaging in conflict. That's just the nature of our world. And conflict doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, a burden. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. So I can begin to realize a different interpretation of what I'm perceiving conflict to be. It's an opportunity to engage. So as they present something to me, okay, say they say this about me. Well, what do you mean about this? Before I take it a certain way, well, what do you mean about this? And then as they begin to explain what they mean, because most people can't even articulate explain themselves. Explain it, yeah. <laughs> so you let them unfold, right? You let them unfold, and then you begin to, after they unfold, and share themselves, then you begin to ask yourself the question, is this a constructive conversation or is this a deconstructive conversation or destructive conversation? And then you choose to navigate accordingly. Mm. Simple. This is a simple protocol. That's why I'm suggesting the mindfulness playbook is a codified way of living. Just like we had a, a codified way of executing different formations that we were presented against. Well, I'm creating the same thing from a mindfulness playbook that you can navigate the world in which you're living in. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I love it. Um, okay, so injury happens. You start to think a little bit deeper about your your life, how you view things. How did it how did you start that recovery process? Because you didn't have um, you didn't have surgery. Yeah. Or how did that how did that work out? Man, you know, it's, I know, uh, it's, I know it worked out great because you're sitting yeah. here in front of me. <laughs> well, it was tough. You know, I, I can tell you it was tough. And, and when you when you when you set a stance in life to live a certain way, in particular ways that other people are not choosing to, it's going to be challenging. And the challenging thing is uh, the medical in our sport wanted us wanted me to take the, the allopathic route, the Western medical route. They wanted me to be on medications. They wanted me to come in 400 pounds. But then I began to realize, well, how do I need to nurture my food? What's the food I need to eat? And then I began to, again, like as we're discussing the emotional mind, as I began to ask the questions, I also began to realize, well, what do I want going forward? Like I said, the coach asked me five, 10 years, what do you want to be? Well, what do I want? Where do I want to be? If the relationships are like this now, well, how do I want to build relationships going forward? See, again, we get stuck in the stories and saying, oh, my life is like this, this happened to me. And so we define ourselves by these things that's happened. But it's a happening that I experienced, but it's not my end all. I can become more. I can allow myself to be more if I choose to. A lot of times people don't know they have the choice, but I'm letting you know who are listening tonight, today, you have a choice. And so when you propose the question, you also bring the answer. You know, you bring the answer. And when you realize the answer, okay, what world are you creating for yourself? You know, I, this, is the, this is the question I'm asking the people now. So, so we can understand, we can all agree that I create my reality with my words, my thoughts. Well, then what, what world are you creating for yourself? And are you ready to lead in that world that you're creating? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a whole dynamic. It's a whole responsibility. And it's the game that you get an opportunity to play, you know? Uh, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. However, we have to build a foundation that we start with being truthful with ourselves and where we are. So we have to tell ourselves the truth. So when you answer the question, here's a formula for your meditation as people who want to go and meditate tonight or tomorrow. When you ask yourself the question, realize your answer, right? So you observe your answer and then you sit in silence to contemplate whether you told yourself the truth or not. And then you can also question yourself if you didn't, why? Because now you're responsible. Now it's all on you. And so when you realize that, there's a whole different chemistry that happens in the mind, you know, mm-hmm. that takes place. Because now you is know it, you have a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Now, yeah. is that the is that one of the hardest things though? Is telling people to be honest with themselves, looking yeah. in the mirror. Yeah. Well, I got something for you because I remember you and Mark Fields used to say that. R.I.P. to Mark Fields, right? Uh, you don't yeah. have to be here. <laughs> you know, you know how we you say you don't because we would complain, but you don't have to be here. You can you go can be somewhere digging else. ditches. You can go somewhere. <laughs> you can be digging ditches if you want. You ain't got to be here. <laughs> yeah. So it's like under, yeah, understanding, man, with all the all the good, you gotta take there's also the bad. And are you are you emotionally ready for all the good and the bad that comes along with with playing this game or having a family or running a business it's not just going to be good can you also emotionally be there be ready for the bad and 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 sue and i even take away the good and the bad because everything has a polarity it's it's not it's, it's just what is what is your intention you know it's like what are you creating what is your intention here and so when you look at everything that i'm creating like it's begin to be you so i begin to do things that align with my lifestyle, because mindfulness is a lifestyle. Meditation is a practice, but mindfulness is, an, is, a, is a lifestyle. It's like knowledge isn't power until it's applied, right? So I can't conceptualize, mm-hmm. I can't really say that I know until I do. It's like, again, it puts it in a perspective of a game. And the game for you is adversity. The game for you is when conflict happens, because anybody can be Zen when it's perfect. I went and lived in the ashram in Nepal for about a month. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, I, hold on, man, hold on. Ash, hold on. Ashram, is that a city? Ashram, ashram. Ashram. I and that's in Nepal. With the monks. Yeah, at the monks. Okay, in, okay, okay. Break it down for me. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, so I went to live there in the Himalayans uh, in, outside of Nepal, Kathmandu. And uh, you know, like, uh, what was that? Uh, the, the Chosen One, Eddie Murphy movie. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went on one of the those. Gold, is that the golden child? Golden child, the golden yes. Child. Okay, yeah. The golden child. And uh, I realized something because, med- you know, the monks are there meditating for eight hours a day. Well, it's perfect in the Himalayans. It's like the, the roses are neatly done, the birds flying everywhere. I can meditate all day. I could be here all day. Right. So it's perfect to be Zen all day. When you first meet that person, you all goo goo gaga, you like in love. It's perfect. But when, what happens when adversity hits now, oh, you know, it hits the fan, you know, we lose it. So we, yeah. it, we, it behooves us to begin to prepare for the adversity. 
And what and, and really in preparation for adversity, it's just we begin to gain understanding to problem solve because we're doing this all, all this dynamic of what I call a mind practice is to realize that in my journey, in my quest for whatever it is I desire, there's going to be the highs and the lows. And so with the mind practices, I can thrive at the peak and I can also thrive in the valleys because there's all opportunities of learning and growing. And when I create that and I present that opportunity for myself, no matter what I'm experiencing, I'm, I'm, I'm winning. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, man, you know what? It's it, like for me, man, when I can tear things down and then put it into an environment that I was that I was in for a long time, had successes. Right. So for me, it was football. When I can take that, what you're saying and put it into football terms and then, you know, kind of spit it out. It makes perfectly sense. We used to think not think, but we want everything to be perfect. But what if, what if we give up a touchdown? What if we're down by 14 points going into the fourth quarter? Yeah. What, what then happens? Yeah. Like you have to put your mindset. It's not, not everything. We know this game is not going to be perfect. There's going to be something within this game that stuff is not going to go our way. Are you going to quit? Fold in the tent? Fold up the tent? Or are you going to have already been there? You've already mentally been there. And that can set you up for, I think, for more success. Exactly. It's not all about when stuff. And, and when you can put yourself in an environment that you've already been there at the high and also in the low, man. Okay. So, so I'm glad. I, I, and I was hoping that we were going to go in this route because I got something else for you. Because I like oh how. Okay, hold on. I got my has... pen ready. I got my pen ready. Let's go. <laughs> because you you have that mindset, and again, that's my thought around this playbook is because when we can put it in terms where we can comprehend, then it allows that room and opportunity to conceptualize it. It allows that opportunity to like grasp it, really assimilate it, and then we we can take it on. It's like that tweaking. It's like when that coach told you like just just change your stance like this, and you went from a four five to a four three. You know what I'm saying? It's that yeah. tweaking. So here's the thing. When we were in, in college, we, you know, I, I used to find it disrespectful because we were so good in, in college. I just have to cut Texas A&M. We just had a tradition of winning. I didn't start losing until I went And playing good defense, playing great defense yeah. too. Y'all had some, yeah. So we, we would start playing, uh, when we moved to the, um, the Big 12, we started playing a lot of, uh, the Division Two teams that have just come up to Division One, like North Texas, okay. right? And so, so I thought it was disrespectful that North Texas would even come on our field. And no disrespect to anybody who's listening that went to North Texas. No, but North giving Texas. You, I'm giving you a scenario. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's around the idea of oppression, right? And 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 the concept is so when we would play North Texas, we played them that my senior year. I knocked out one quarterback in the first quarter the first the starting quarterback I knocked him out right and then and then they brought in the backup and then I knocked him out and then they brought in the third string and I was still trying to knock him out too and I guess the point of it is when you're when you're dominating well to come back and say well because again we just wanted to keep dominating so my, my point is nobody's going to let you have anything nobody's going to let you like 
give you space to like, here, here you go. I'm dominating you. I understand. But here, I'm, I'm going to consider and take it easy on you. And I want you to just, I just want you to come up and score a touchdown. You know, that's just not going to happen. So the mindset around someone giving it to us in a, in a sense of oppression, right? If I'm being oppressed, we have to sit there and agree to the oppression, right? It's like, when do, when do we begin to take it? This idea, you know, it's, it's just it's the idea I want you to understand because, and what I mean by coming out of the oppression, we have to realize ourselves that way and we have to accept it. And the greatest disruptor in all this is how I treat myself, how I experience myself, how I treat others. And in life, when I want to be more, I can allow that to happen. I can allow myself to expand to be more. But at some point in the oppressed state, you have to, in your mind, accept that that's where you are. In your mind, you have to accept that I'm North Texas. And when I play Texas A&M, I'm going to be dominated. But when you begin to realize I'm North Texas and I'm going to kick Texas A&M's ass, game changes. <laughs> yeah. That's what's yeah. 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 And, and again, it's like you can say, well, it's not a violent thing. It's just a the simple thing of how, again, we perceive ourselves. How you see if yourself. You, yeah. If you perceive yourself as greatness, if you perceive yourself as wanting to change that dynamic, well, dynamics like that are available to you. It's all about space. And in this space, we get an opportunity to create. We get to create ideas. Like you had an idea. I want to be a first round draft pick. I want to be a cornerback in the National Football League. That's way out there. But then you achieve that. You realize possibility is available. So now what else is possible? And what have we given ourselves a true opportunity to experience and have? And, 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 and it's not even about like my background. It's not about my pedigree. I, I tell people all the time, man, I wasn't supposed to be here. I'm, yeah. I'm a, my mom is 5'3". My dad is 5'8". Mm-hmm. They ain't play no, no. My, uh, my, my dad, he was a, he swam in mm-hmm. high school. He ain't play no football, none of that. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be here, but I was once inspired. Yeah. And yeah. I was inspired to be able to think outside of what was right in front of me. Yeah. I thought I was going into the army because my dad was in the army. Yeah. I was inspired to do something different. And like you said, man, I was like, I want to do that. Okay. I want to do that. What are the steps that I need to do to make, you know, so reverse engineering to get to that? Yeah. I have to, I have to start with my mind. Yes. So, so, (laughs) so true. And so here's the thing. I'm going to take you to another place. Every day, every day, we ended our practice, get better. We're getting better every day. Interesting thing about that, we were getting better as what? A football player. But what happens when we change the perspective to get better as a human being in all facets? A human being. Now I begin to develop the human being aspect of myself with the capacity to do it all. Game changer, man. It's a game changer. And then those facets look like, am I lovable? Because again, we're resilient. We move through life and we attain things. We 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 work, we 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 go into these niches like you know, you and I did. We 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 look for happiness, it's not there, and then we go, where, where do we go now? So the idea is. In this desire, in this understanding of ourselves, 
It's like we haven't even given ourselves a chance for the most part. We've misdiagnosed ourselves. We've said, I'm the introvert. I'm the extrovert. This life has been like this. Love has been like this for me. Never ever giving yourself a chance to really expand and to have more. And so that misdiagnosis began to be finite. And this is why I say, when you decide who you are, do you leave yourself room for growth? It's like when you say father, I'm a father. Well, to the extent that you've seen a father is basically the baseline of what you can be as a father until you actually choose more, realize more. And same for all these different staples that we put on ourselves. I'm a single mother. I'm a this, I'm a that. It's like all these different, these, these different concepts are, in my opinion, for the most part, until they're defined by you, they're a misdiagnosis. Mm-hmm. Tell me, man, in terms of like meditation. Okay. How can, how can I, I'm, what is that? How can I implement that? And what are the, the, the benefits? Okay. Well, definitely. Uh, how I would, would, how I would share meditation with you is because you already have that mindset that I really vibe. I really love because it's my mindset. It's like film study. You get to be the observer. You also get to be vulnerable. You get to see yourself make mistakes. So as I'm thinking about my life, as I'm seeing myself, because a lot of times we have this biasness about ourselves. Like, you know, I caught the ball. I didn't pull, I didn't, I didn't PI the guy. And then we look at the film and sure enough, you did. Sure enough, you didn't catch the ball. You know, things like that. So through meditation, you get to be the observer. So as this idea that you say that I'm creating peace or I'm creating whatever it is that you're navigating with your playbook, Now you get to roll back the film and be the observer of that. And then from being an observer of that, you get to, again, contemplate that. You get to be with that. You get to sit still with that and realize how that makes you feel. And you get to feel into that. And through feeling into that, you begin to realize, well, how do I want to move forward? How do I want to improve? How do I want to move into a different direction? Because that's my old paradigm. How do I want to create a new one? And also breathing. The breathing dynamic is an opportunity to allow your nervous system to relax, allow this sequence of your mind, this tight grip that we have on the perception of ourselves to just relax and let go. It's another way of detoxifying our our thoughts. Thoughts will never shut down completely because you're taking in so much information as you see see and live your day-to-day and taking so much stuff as a visual. So those will never go because as you ingest, you're going to have an output, right? So the idea is when these thoughts come like a ticker symbol like if you're watching a sports channel they're just going so let them let them run and realize you don't have to attach to them and what we've experienced in our past we've attached to the negative thoughts so the the, if you want to and just have to attach to anything attach to the positive the constructive thoughts but let the negative ones or the ones that don't serve your higher self let those just pass by Observe it as it's happening, as you experience it, and let it go. Mm. Meditation. Yeah, meditation. <laughs> Take it in. Okay, now how do I do that? What's the best? Like, do I sit down? Do I get in a quiet place? I shoot, you know, man, a quiet place for me right now. Mm-hmm. We our 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 18-year-old, he's moving out today. Okay. But we still well, we still got five kids in the house. So, okay, so my quiet okay. spot is in my car. Okay. Is that okay? Do well, I all, close my eyes or how? Do... 
it's all okay. It's all good. Um, and you can create uh, sometimes, you know, especially in this situation that we're in now, you can create your, make your, your space. You find a space in your home to create, to be your Zen spot. You can bring in incense. You can bring in ambiance music. Uh, for a lot of times I tell people, uh, sit against the wall, like, and prop yourself up your knees with pillows, get comfortable and just sit and just check in with yourself. Ask yourself how you're doing. What's coming up for you emotionally, you know? Give yourself a check-in, you know, and, 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 just, and just ask that, right? And, just, and then focus on breathing, focus on you. Investment, it's an investment in you. It's like, again, we build this body we, and we grow it uh, as a biological age, but the mind, the mind dictates it all. And, and this is why I also call it a mind practice, because just as you know, even at the highest level of sports, a lot of people don't have the mind to sustain. So when it goes bad, when they get that penalty against them, that they feel they didn't do, they lose it. And then they begin to be a detriment to the team. We're a detriment to ourselves. We sabotage ourselves, not knowing that we don't have the stamina in our minds to sustain that greatness that we desire, that love that we want. In our minds, these perceptions of ourselves begin to be just as effective as any opponent that we would ever face in life, the thoughts of ourselves. So now you got to beat yourself and the opponent. Yeah. And the interesting thing about yourself, yourself, you know, all aspects, so you can lie to yourself. And we do that a lot. That's why I mentioned that earlier. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What does, um, you know, cause we talk about meditation, mindfulness, and how does like yoga fits fit into that? Because okay. it sounds like man, for you, it's like it's a lifestyle, right? With meditation and is yoga just another tool to get to work on your body and your mind? Okay, so, so, so yoga is the playing field for, for most people since they're not into athletics. Uh, it's to stand in four corners of your feet to realize that this is your calf, this is your hamstring, this is your lower back and it needs your attention. And due to, to the extent of whatever damage that you've done, it has an idea to heal. This is why we fuel ourselves with food. And a lot of times we, without the movement, live in these sedentary lifestyles, we begin to atrophy. Our, our body begins to decay. It's like the idea of my father does this, maybe your father does it. It's we complain about certain aspects like our back, but then you ask the question, well, what do you do for your back? It's limited to none but we complain about it. But what happens when we begin to tap into what's possible for you from the rejuvenational standpoint, the rehabilitational standpoint, that, all, that also can take place in your life. So yoga is a growth and development tool. So if you have an idea that you want to be patient and compassionate to others, well, how are you patient and compassionate to yourself? How do you listen to yourself? The idea of the body doesn't speak with a voice. It speaks through sensation. And what you'll find is we've, we've again, been so resilient through life, so we've numbed ourselves. It's like we have a high pain tolerance. Well, what does that actually mean? I don't feel. Well, if I can't feel myself, I definitely can't feel you. Mm. Empathy. Mm. It's empathy. If I can't be empathetic for myself, then how can I be empathetic to you? We just, we just reflect out what's inside. And this is why when you come into this growth and development to understand the, the, the human on a micro macrocosm, you realize as I go inside, 
well, internally, I don't exist solely. It takes me right back out. So the same work that I do on the inside of me, the internal work, the healing on the inside is the same contribution that I must put out and participate in, in the external world, as coronavirus has shown us. Mm. We must participate equally as we're participating here. We have to participate into the world. I love that. So then here, now I get to eliminate a word that you use, a lot of people use, or just give you a new thought around it. Passion. And what are we really saying when we say, because a lot of times we speak to the, the level of our understanding. So passion, is, it reminds me, I would never think I would be ever doing this when I even explain this in these lectures and so forth. The Pythagorean theorem, calculus. And to balance the equation, as above, so below, what you do on one side, it has to equally be balanced to do it on the other side. So I can't say I have this small part of my life that I'm excited about because that's suggesting that the other aspects of my life are on a decline. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You know what I'm saying? Because how you do things is how you do it. It's patterns, it's habits. Got it. Oh. <laughs> Keith, Keith, man, hold on now. <laughs> man, check this out. Man, I, I can talk to you all day, but uh <laughs> but man, how can how can my listeners, you know, number one, I know you got some retreats coming up and you have a book, and I'm gonna put it all in the show notes. But can okay. you talk to us about um your retreat, your next retreat? Okay. And who is it it's, for? Yeah, so intimacy mastery. Uh, two, we did one uh, in Playa de Carmen and we sold out. And so now I have a bigger venue, amazing place, right on, the, we have our own cenotes right on the beach. And what I like to do is take- Hold people, on, man, hold on. What's the damn, what, what's a cenote? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cenotes are in, in the Gulf of Mexico and it's basically the reefs. And, okay. Um, okay. and people okay. swim them, they snorkel them. And uh, it's really cool to experience. And uh, so you get the adventure paddleboard surfing, kayaking, snorkeling, all that good stuff, um, which I'm, I never thought I'd be into, but I, I do it. Deep diving, you know, scuba diving, things like that. But anyway, I like to take people out of their element, out of their comfort zone and, and do it like an immersion. Because the first thing we begin to realize as I'm learning to love myself and create for myself this way, well, then how do I extend it to others? It's the same dynamic of a yoga is learning how to stand in the four corners of my feet. It's meditation is learning how to, to breathe. Uh, veganism is learning how to eat. Well, now I'm learning how to engage with others, mm. you know? So, so mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a continuation of just that learning because how do we learn? How do we know how to touch a woman? How does a man know how to, a woman know how to touch a man? How does she learn? And so again, over time, because we experience it in a way, not knowing, then we say, well, this is how I am. And this is what I like. This is what I don't like. Says who? So anyway, so that retreat, we, we begin to dive into that and how we can interact with each other to, again, find that desired state to, to consistently have more love in our lives. Again, to be more lovable in our lives as well. So that's a really thing that I'm fascinated with. So I love taking people out on retreats. So, so is that for like single people? Is for couples? Is it both? We have both. We have both. I okay. have different people like 
you know, celebrity people like come. It's very interesting how that comes into play. I'm working with baseball players, uh, musicians, people would know, and they pop up. It's really cool. The, the, the people on that quest for knowledge is pretty phenomenal. I love engaging that way. Yeah. Okay. That's dope, man. Yeah. Um, tell me, uh, the, the like, book, though. The book, yeah, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about Come the on. book. Come on. I'm excited. Let's go. <laughs> the mindfulness playbook uh, is going to be an ebook. It's going to be a hard copy as well as an audible. I'm in the booth reading that thing, man. Uh, it's tough, but it's good. It's good. The audible is going to be good. Uh, and uh, my first chapter in the book is define your words because all words have been defined for us. So what's what's really happening here is we're being we're doing what we've been told, and not just in our immediate families, but as society has defined these words. We begin to, that's a part of the, the whole aspect of what I mentioned earlier, a part of the misdiagnosis process. So when I say stress, am I using my own interpretation of stress or am I using their interpretation of stress? You know what I'm saying? Anxiety, all these different dynamics because we say, I'm like this, I have this. But the reality is we're misdiagnosing ourselves and we're also taking on the burden of these terms that we continue to use. We want words to be tools for you, meaning leverage points to allow you to be empowered in this world, not to be oppressed in this world. Mm. You know, it's, you don't seem like a guy who uses cliches. No. And I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen through that and I see like cliches. I was like, because we used to, I know I used to, when I was you know, getting interviewed, playing football, it's like, man, how can I? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna use that one. Man, cliches, that's, that's for the birds. Yeah. Um, talk, talk to my listeners, what, what is this um, Light It Up? What okay. is that? The Light It Up Foundation is um, something that is dear to me because I get to take this work to places that are underserved in my opinion um, and in the different communities where they typically wouldn't have me come or we can afford certain things uh, for them to be there and, and, and provide for them when we come. So the Light Up Foundation, like one of the things when I first did, um, uh, I'll be brief on this, a retreat and experience that I wasn't teaching, but I was just experiencing that three-day retreat. It came, uh, it changed my whole world. So I hadn't, and so when I had just moved to LA, I had this idea I wanted to do a retreat for the community of Los Angeles. And I wanted to do it at the LA Coliseum. And I wanted to have thousands of people to come but this is like a small pond, huge fish. And I'm like this retired football player that teaches meditation and mindfulness. But nevertheless, I got the, I got the mayor, I got the city council, I got 12,000 people to attend. And I've been wow. doing it for several years and like just creating that experience for people to learn the modalities of healing and how we can be contributors to healing ourselves. We don't have to transition in the way that we've been told. There's a preparation that we have to take, that, that must take place there's an understanding of ourselves to realize how we are the protein. And by giving our bodies what it needs to develop and grow and expand, our bodies will do the rest. And so it's been amazing uh, to do that. And I wanna, I, I'm, I'm going to continue to do that. I've worked in medical with, with my, my uh, nonprofit. Uh, I would see patients with a primary care physician uh, from cancer patients to you name it. Um, all these dynamics, we, we created a care plan with the University of Rochester, um, you know, to, to service veterans who's, who are struggling with PTSD. 
and dementia and things of that nature. Uh, I went to the, I, I started working at Fort Bragg's in North Carolina when the NFL turned me down. Uh, we, we brought mm. telemedicine into medicine uh, back in 2014 before there was even talked about. They're like, who's this guy doing? You know, it's like, and uh, we, we, we implemented that. And that's like, it's, it's like where my doctors to, to, to explain a little bit more about telemedicine is telemedicine allows my doctors in New York uh, their licensing can't go, and uh, the physical body can't go from state to state, but through cyberspace, their licensing can go. And any prescriptions that need to be done with people in Texas or Georgia, my doctors could do. We could do our classes, sessions through the web uh, to handle everything around mental health issues. Uh, it was profound. So uh, just things like that, I've been just allowing to expand and do. And got some really cool concepts coming up as well now. So. That's that's so cool, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. How can how can my listeners how can they get how can they follow you on social media? So my Instagram uh, and my um, Facebook is Keith Mitchell fifty nine, um, and my Twitter is k underscore Mitchell fifty nine. Fifty nine is not my age; it's my number. It was my number. <laughs> was, and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and my website is uh, Keith Mitchell fifty nine as well. I have uh, meditations there. You can check it out. Uh, I have a new meditation. I have a whole new platform coming. I have an app being done. I work with companies in the tech world, like you know, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, uh, Oracle, different companies like that in the mindfulness department. I'm really trying to make mindfulness a staple uh, for the workplace because the mental health, through mental health, what you'll find is all illnesses or dis-ease uh, is a result of the emotional body and so by creating a, a, a mind practice, we can be, in a sense, uh, we can medicate ourselves. So your healthcare can be within you and mm -hmm. uh, pretty profound, so. Yeah, no doubt. That's <laughs> awesome. And, and you do speaking. So if my people want to get a hold of you to come and speak, is that on mm -hmm. your website as well? Or do you have something totally different? Totally. Uh, we can definitely do that. Uh, my my email address is Keith is on my website. So just uh, okay. send me a, shoot me an email message through the uh, social uh, media um, uh, concept platforms and so forth. And will somebody get in contact with you? I'd love to come out and engage. I love being around people. Uh, that's new. That was a new development coming out of that football world because we were so like yeah. locked off and you know yep. shuttled here with police and it's like it's a whole psychology around that right but um yeah i love engaging with people man that's awesome man well keith like i said i can talk to you for another hour but uh <laughs> i know you're a busy man <laughs> but man it's been very enlightening catching up you know always catching up with you seeing what you got going on and how you continue to expand and man you're an inspiration you know not just how you played the game of football but how you were, have you used that as a vehicle to now find another purpose for your life and how yeah. that is helping out more people, more individuals. So, man, keep shining. Oh, man, appreciate it, man. It means a lot. And thank you so much for having me as part of your, your platform, man. And uh, good luck to all that you do, man. And, man, it's so good to see you as well, uh, thriving in so many facets, uh, successful marriage, kids man it's, it's it's said to be commendable man so it's it's great seeing you in the light that you you stand in as well man so i appreciate you you got it all thanks right. keith all right thanks
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking tra- to transition, what, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever. If you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there you know, that covers topics that that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.